Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wegman's family pack? What, yes. is a, what is a Wegman's family pack? I just realized all this shit's from Wegman's. So, you know, when you're elderly and homosexual, you have nothing to do on a cold day. When I say, oh, we can take a stroll, and someone responds with, cold, want to go to Wegman's and look for sushi fish? And I say, sure, why not? I was like on my way to Gim, you know, this afternoon. Sure. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll just run outside and then realize that um, black ice is everywhere. So that's just, we're not running outside. Yeah, that's true. Until this is done. Which is in about like four days. It's going to dump yeah. tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's going to be cold for a while. And mm-hmm. then it's going to be 60 degrees. Love it. So, Great. so once it's that, I can be outdoors again. But um, You're back in action. Thank yeah. you, Global Warming. Love Thank it. you, giant corporations and pumping toxins into the atmosphere we love it i love microplastics in my water as long as it's 60 degrees in january sometimes Excellent. honestly it's not a bad trade-off exxon verizon chipotle yeah thank you i'm fine with it but so you went to wegmans huh yeah so you strolled to wegmans you took a little no, no, walk no. We oh. Took a roll oh you couldn't even compromise on getting part of a stroll out of this whole thing i lost yeah i did strong arm into so we can go to, you want to go to the gym and oh, well. particularly the gym in your home that I, I, I don't have to go deal with January people. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I got my way. I got some part of my way. Um, well, that's good. I mean, Wegmans is sizable enough that you can get a lot of steps in. Not really. In the, there. It's the, the size of a Walmart over there. No, it's pretty small. Really? Have you ever fully done the full stroll or just the prepared foods? I, I mean, I've strolled it, you mm. know, but it's been a while. I think I've only been to that Wegmans maybe four or five times. Oh. Yeah. I only went like twice before. And it's usually kind of a mission-oriented thing. One time I needed jalapeno cheesy bread, so I just went in there and got that. I don't remember why that was. I think I just wanted it. I said I needed it, but that's not true. I think I remember this. I I had it one prior time, and then I just wanted it I feel like I saw it at home and went, the fuck you go to Wegmans for? Well, and you know, your your uh, observation is accurate in that since it's right there by the BQE, it's typically like, oh, I'm just going to stop there on my way to somewhere else and grab, you know, a fancy thing I wouldn't normally get. I've also gotten seltzer from there before. The I don't seltzer know. slaps so hard. Yeah. This ginger shit, which they don't have in cans, mm. they had uh, mint and ginger mint, something in mint. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about a mint water. Yeah, I don't you know, know if I want that. Controversially, I love mint chocolate chip ice cream, Disgusting. but I'm not so sold on mint water. I don't think I really want that. I don't think I want my, that. Also, my additional hot take is that seltzer with more than one flavor in it is not good. No, no, no. I only want plain seltzer like 99% of the time, and then the other 1% of the time, I would like one thing to be in it. I, I don't want a raspberry lime. I, you know, I don't want... I like a ginger lime because then if you add a little bit of vodka to it. Well, what if we're treat, talking mixing it yeah. into something else, if you're having like a hobo version of a fancy drink. Well, that's why sure. I was like that mint thing. Oh, I could get some rum. How fun. Oh, you're talking, you're like making a mojito basically. Yeah, but without the muddling. Uh, I don't know. I know. It would taste like shit. You know, did I tell you mm. that last summer, I probably did tell you this, that I was making mojitos with mint picked fresh from nature? Mm-hmm. We went upstate and yeah. I picked a bunch of mint and I was making them. Nobody else wanted them. Maybe I, maybe I am disgusting yeah. for wanting dirty mint in my mojito. Kind of, yeah. But it's gross. It was great. Ooh. It was really good. I was the only one enjoying them. Ooh. Well, more so power to you. I can I can never turn back now. In other words, I can't go back to seltzer with mint in it. I mean, what am I, an animal? Just because it's from Wegmans doesn't give it a pass in my book. Well, Wegmans prepared shenanigans is really their like. That's when people say Wegmans is expensive. That's what they mean. That's true. When you start walking around, you find these steaks. Two steaks for $10? Fuck me up. Well, yeah. When you walked in and said that, I thought you went to the, like, the Western Beef or you know yeah. some like hood-ass grocery store and no. got a deal because it expired a few days ago. <laughs> the fact that it's from Wegmans is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's great. Maybe, hey, you know what? The Biden economy, it's turning around. It's an election year. Steaks are cheap at Wegmans, guys. Four more years, you know? 
the real deal. Listen, nothing's changed much this week, so I know it's I'm going to be a little schizo and oh, talk great. about things that I read about on the internet, probably. Rut row. As you remind me about them. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, well, the real star was a four-inch deep tub of hummus. Ooh. For $6. You know what? Can I say something? This is not rational. I'll admit it right now, but I don't like when a hub uh, a tub of hummus is deep. I want a shallow tub. Do you so, know what I mean? Yes. So here's the thing, because you can't, as one person, I can't eat all that. It's going to start to get crusty around three quarters of the way through. Yes. And I think there's just something about, because, you know, hummus is a little misleading health-wise. Oh, it's just fat. What like, it's about? so much fat, and it's so many calories for, like, a tablespoon of it. It's like 100 calories a it's tablespoon. It's protein, right? Yeah, no, it's not bad for you yeah. by any means. But you can sit there and slam it and realize, like, 600 calories later. Sometimes you need that it. That you've done a bad thing. And I'm like, I just need it to run out. Oh. So I don't okay. like a deep tub. So, yeah, I I kind of did the thing of, like, I wouldn't be able to stop myself, and I would eat a whole shallow tub not even knowing. Exactly. Um. At least if you do that, though, there's, like, a hard limit on it, you Like, know? oops, we're all out. Yeah. yeah. So, but there were so many flavors, so I was like, let me get two shallow tubs, because it's still less than the big tub, and it won't get gross and crusty, there and you I go. won't feel like it's a slog to get through. Yes. So, fine. Well, that's the other thing, too. I'm talking like I'm a big... one fucking flavor. Exactly. That's the big problem. Not only... Like... You're stuck with one flavor. Hard agree on that. That's mm-hmm. a big problem. I'd like a little diversity in my hummus in my fridge. But the other thing is, like... Oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Okay. Whatever. You're well, right. Uh, have you heard of the show Only Murders in the Building? No. It's a Hulu television show with Martin Short. Yeah. And Steve Martin. Oh. And Selena Double Gomez. Double Martin. And Selena Gomez. Yeah. Selena Gomez looks weird now. Are you aware of that? Does she? Ariana Grande looks weird, not Selena Ariana Gomez. Grande looks anorexic. I saw a picture of her she the other like day. She looks like she's been smoking meth. Oh, no. Yeah, she does look methy. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. But no, Selena Gomez looks a little plastic surgery in a weird way. She has lupus, so she gets puffy. Wait, she has lupus? Yeah. That's why she's puffy? Yeah. Oh, she didn't used to be puffy. Is lupus something that hits you when you're, like, aging a know. little bit? No, you can get it from, like, this is why, like, like Lyme disease adjacent things and stuff like that. Oh, you know about Lyme disease, right? Yeah. Lyme disease was a lab leak from a military base in Connecticut. And it got to the deer? Yes, and it did. And that's why there's like, <sighs> quote unquote, like no real cures for it and why it's very hard to diagnose. Um, Great. You know, yeah, it got into the tick population much like COVID got into the bats or whatever. Well, no, that's not a great analogy because that didn't happen either. All I'm saying is, yeah, COVID, uh, COVID and uh, Lyme disease, lab leaks. Great. Bad. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm sorry. Okay. I, keep, I keep feeling like I'm losing my train <laughs> so, of thought and then making you lose yours. There, there's, I, you know how like. We're talking about deep tubs of hum. Deep tubs of hum and then only murder. So Martin Short is obsessed with dips for dinner. And I was uh, like, I was like, excuse me, who's been listening to my life? What? Yes. Wow. What if you know? You know how there's the little pie graph of like <laughs> listeners of this podcast, and they're like from some really weird places, but it remains consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of this because I edited last week's episode, and I haven't taken a gander at that in nigh on a, yeah. like a year almost. And I was like, "Who's this person from Hesse, Germany, that listens to every episode?" Well, we've been and talking then, about Germany a lot. There's a few that come in from California, and I'm like, "We have friends in California, so I think." But then there's always like a little too many, and I'm like. Who are the randoms in California? I wonder if we have a screenwriter sitting around stealing dip dinner. The show is also about a podcast. Well, Jesus Christ. Are they making a show about us and not cutting us in on this? I don't like this. No, and, you, and you're Martin Short and I'm Steve Martin. I kind of like this, actually. Continue. I don't know if you would. Steve, Martin doesn't, <laughs> Steve Martin's not doing himself any favors in, in, in the show. Uh, but, yeah, he like there's this one line, which is really great. They're like trying to bust a door down. She's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're like 150 pounds. You're not going to bust that door down. And he's like, thanks. It's the dips. Oh and it, it reads like a an, like an improvised line. So like smoothly. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was no. like, oh, it's me. <laughs> it's me. And it's me in 40 years. Oh, God. I'm Martin Short in 40 years. I don't know if that bodes well for me. You know, I don't know. Martin Short. I kind of like him. Jiminy Glick. You know, I think that turned a lot of people off, though. 
I think in retrospect, it shouldn't have, though. I think it's getting a reevaluation. Yeah, I think that was a brilliant kind of like... Too soon. It was too soon. It, yeah. it feels more contemporary than it was. I mean, that was like, what, the early 2000s or late 90s when he was doing that? like 2004. And he became kind of synonymous with that yeah. for a long time, which was a turnoff. Yeah. But no, I don't know. I think he's okay. When I see him in other stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's not so bad. He's like a little annoying. He, he has annoying yeah. theater kid energy. But now it's like but, honed in like goofy old guy. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think like, like, oh, okay. There's something endearing about an old man that's like that. That energetic? Yes. Yes. It's That's a classic archetype, really. Energetic old guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's always a side character in a movie or show. And he has birthday clown energy, and I'm like, I identify. Yes. Great. I'm trying to think of what like what I what he was in. Oh, you know, I really liked it. Was he in uh, Arrested Development as the old uncle? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Throw me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's great and stuff. You know, yeah. he's just got to be cast correctly. Right. Much like Adam Sandler can do like Spanglish or Punch Drunk Glove or whatever. It's not like a serious role in Martin Short's yeah. case, but mm-hmm. like he's just got to, you know, the director's got to know what they're working with and then it's okay. Yeah. And I think it's also because him and Steve Martin are friends. Well, the fact that Steve Martin's in anything, I thought he was like retired. I thought he didn't do anything anymore. Well, he pays, he plays his banjo. Oh, is that like a real thing that he does oh, that he forced them to incorporate into this poor show? No, I'm saying not in the show. He plays it in real life. Oh, no. He also has a bang and art collection. Well, yeah, he's notorious that, for yeah. that. I mean, I saw a a guy. There's just... a Warhol in the show that I'm like, that's real. Oh, probably is. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you, you can see uh, Steve Martin's naked schlong in uh, Eric Fischel paintings. Although... It's not clear whether it's his real schlong or not. I think I think he's just doing some um, old man finds computer and photoshopping bodies onto things. His paintings kind of look that way anyway. I mean, that's what they always were was just like collages from Uh, other things. I would believe that Brooke Shields sat in that pool though and cried a little bit. Wait, he has a Brooke Shields painting? Yeah, he's He's in his last show. Oh, really? Oh, what is up with her wanting to be in? You know, we, I'm thinking of the Richard Prince thing when she was young, the CP. She didn't want to be in that. Well, somebody but forced her, and now I think... It was a Jordash commercial or something like that. A Doordash commercial? Jordash. Oh, what's Jordash? Denim from the 80s. I was just thinking, like, you holy about Jordash shit. jeans? No. If Doordash was like, we're using this Richard Prince child pornography for our, for our ad campaign, I mean, um, somebody's going to do that eventually. Standards are falling rapidly. I, it's only a matter of time until DoorDash appropriates that. Did you know, speaking of things, standards that are dropping, uh, Adobe now just has like Photoshop AI where you just tell it how you want it to look and it just kind of does it for you? In fact, I do know this. I was talking to one of our professional photographers at mm-hmm. Pace the other day and I was complaining that um, I wish there was a way to batch skew things into square yeah and uh in a sense this has not very much to do with the ai because he was like oh there is a way to do that you've been able to do this for a long time uh and he showed me and i wrote it down but i haven't used it yet oh like recording the but he was like that's just the tip of the iceberg like photoshop's quote-unquote ai has been able to do that for a long time you just didn't know it existed but here's what else can do and he was showing me like object removal stuff that it can do and it's good now and it's really good like, I've had an app on my phone that can do that in a pretty rudimentary way mm-hmm. for a long time. It's good enough to whiten a wall, in other words. You have yeah. some paint splatter on there. You hit the Buff little eraser, yeah. and it clone stamps it away. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I saved myself, like, two minutes. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, no. It can remove, like... He was showing me with, like, exit signs in a gallery space and, like, people and shadows. And, like, it gives you options, which is the best part. So it doesn't just generate a single result that you then have to correct yourself. It's hmm. like, here's five choices. And then you can be like, okay, this one's close, but like make it better. And then it'll give you five more that refine that one choice and so on and so on. So, yeah, it's really incredible. So retouchers, good luck. Yeah, I think that won't really be a job anymore. Yeah. I mean, all the photographers right now are over the moon because, you know, in my case, like at my company, they, you know, they do... The burning. photo and the retouching themselves. There aren't really retouchers per se. Yeah. So they're just like, we're raking in the money because we're billing the same hours for like 
one tenth the work. Of the work, yeah. But yes, I did know this. Huh. How did you discover this? Well, they haven't. They have ads where it's like, ooh, a fun little thing where it says Leo and mm-hmm. it like fills in the design that the person typed in, and I'm like, is it because like Gen Z has terrible taste, and they're like, I just kind of like pastiche it, and it's it's great. So now Adobe's like, okay, well. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Like, Mm. I'm of two minds about this. I feel like we talked about this once before, but let's see where this goes. Like, Mm. there's two angles to it to me, which is, A, I'm starting to really believe that this AI shit is going to, like, stick around and be impactful. Even though it's kind of happened quickly in the last two years, you know. There's a lot of money being thrown at it because it saves on the only thing that costs money which is people which is people of course Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of temptation also to poo-poo it and you know because there's lots of doomers that are like the ai you know the artificial general intelligence the agi is going to come we're approaching the singularity it's going to escape the lab it's going to lab leak and it's going to ruin everything by turning us into paper clips or whatever you know Mm. so you kind of hear that and you're like shut up like Chat GPT is not there. You know what I mean? I think anything that's linguistic, never going to really get there. Well, I'm not a computer scientist, you know. I can't really speak to it as far as, like, is that even possible? I don't know. It just doesn't feel like that to me. What it feels like is, okay, this is developing into a better tool than the same old chatbots we've had for 25 years. Right. Because let's be honest. Chat GPT is just going on AOL and thinking you're talking to lesbians, but it's actually another (gasps) 14-year-old boy. Chat GPT is just a better version of this. Oh, yeah, I forgot you used to do that. This has existed forever, right? And Be so, a lesbian, not talk to lesbians. But my original point was just that I'm actually starting to think because it's coming up enough with like normal people yeah. that are discovering things about it and using it. For for instance, Rhea has been using it to write cover letters. I did this a couple of times. Oh, yeah. It's a great situation. It can prompt you, and then you've got to clean it up and make it human. Well, if you have a like pre drafted cover letter that's a catch-all template for most applications and then they start asking for really specific things you're like hey here's my exact cover letter just plug in this thing somewhere yeah and you proofread it once and it's usually pretty good Mm -hmm. it saves a lot of time here's here's the little i've said this to so many people no one's reading your fucking cover letters i don't know why people ask for it no i know i I, but you know i don't know actually i think they kind of do though but like later in the process than you would imagine they don't read it right away but it does get on people's desks it gets to old people's desks who have it print- the PDF printed out for them. And the reason the AI part becomes useful is like you want the buzzwords that they're looking for to be in there so that when they skim it and don't actually read it, they still have a sense right. that you paid attention to the prompts. Because that's really what they're looking for, right. not the content yeah. of the letter. Yeah. But so anyway... It's an attention to detail portion. Yeah. In summary, part part one is that like I actually think AI is like going to kind of stick around and make a difference. But part two is kind of like... Mm, uh, I don't know. Is it really going to take everybody's gerbs? I'm not really sure. I feel like it's going to generate more jobs of people that just have more boring things to do of like just editing things rather than you won't be inputting things anymore. Like, yeah, you're just going to like look at output, which seems like a new Fordism where you're like, wow, this assembly line graphic design goes past my eyes. And I check, I basically swipe, swipe left or right on Tinder and say yes or no to what the AI presents, and then the boss looks at what I swipe, swiped right on, and he does the same thing again. Here's the and thing. And it's like, that's boring as fuck. It's a little boring, but it is a kind of, like, better barometer for, like, if you have taste. Like, and if you have a point of view, people with points of view and taste will actually be in charge of aesthetic things. Uh, maybe. But here, but here's 2B. Here's mm. the, here's the <clears> real <throat> meat of that issue, is that AI's not actually generating anything. So if you're living in a stagnant society with the idea that, like, we don't actually need to be creative, everything's already been created, and we just reorganize these data points into, like, new aggregate situations, I mean, I think there's a genuine risk that you get into, like, a feedback loop where it's like, AI can generate so many possibilities so quickly that it's like all of the wealth and output from the Renaissance until today is going to be, like, recycled pretty quickly especially if you're dealing in like an even more limited framework which is basically like make sure this doesn't look dated aka not from more than 20 years ago right and make sure it doesn't look too futuristic either because that's alienating to our audience like we don't want it to be genuinely innovative right you're trapped in a pretty narrow window where it's like there's not that many options there 
like and it, it, AI doesn't doesn't create it just rearranges preexistence yeah well so whether the person editing it has taste or not like that's good for a minute yeah but give that like two years and it's like well i'm just getting like, the same thing again or i'm getting a degraded version but then that's when <laughs> you know but then that's when you'll have to get people like hopefully the people who have the taste also have the skill set which you know that's not always the skill set for what though the skill so, like, set for selection yeah. yeah but like th- the problem is you you do one generation where n- nobody feels like they have to create anything, right? They right, just need yeah. to select from what's presented to them. Th- I think the skills to be generative get lost real quick. No, probably. I mean, our situation, cut AI out of it completely, is already evidence enough of that. Like, right, yeah. genuine innovation has gotten rarer over time yeah. since the 70s or so, I would say. Well, you, so, you saw the hullabaloo over someone who was like, I took that unfinished Keith Herring and ran it through AI and finished the painting. Yeah, and people got really people upset were about that. real mad. That. And I'm like, so? It's just a thing. There was no reason to get upset about it, but I think the reason people were pointing it out is just that, yeah, you're undermining the content of the work. You know, That's not like Keith Herring's last painting that he made that he didn't finish. Like, I don't yeah. think the person that generated the finished component really realized that yeah that that was a statement piece about aids and not just like an abandoned work yeah so i mean that's this is the part where it's like i used it like the follow-up to that where people were like all right so this painting's really boring it's nighthawks it's really boring there's not much going on on the left side i i added some things to make it more interesting you'll have dinglings who are like i love ai it can generate this and you're like okay so you don't get it uh we're not you're done you're out of the conversation you know or like think of like christina's world or something yeah it's like oh we filled in it's like hmm. well brad trammell made it because he just did an ai report oh god okay which unfollowed i don't know oh really yeah which is by the way is it's funny he um so i did subscribe to his patreon like a year ago or whatever to watch one of these things one of these reports and then i got an email from patreon two days ago that was like from brad trammell's patreon that was like hey i noticed you unsubscribed here's like a free trial for a month so that you can watch all the reports since you left i hope you subscribe at the end of that like thanks goodbye and i was like okay i will check this out um but anyway that's to say that he just put out an ai report one of these things that he does and i'm curious to see what he says about it but he did a post recently that was like in an ironic way was saying like the kind of art quote unquote that AI is going to be able to replace is like the worst kind of in Instagram influencer art, which yeah. I think is what you're pointing at too. Like dinglings that are like, I spray painted my Porsche 911 to look like a boss yacht. Yeah. Like, yes. AI can do that. Or like tattoo artists that are like, I do the Joker. Yeah. You're like, yes. Like, hyper-realistic joker the worst taste will be the easiest to replicate well and that's what ai is feeding off of right now because as as we've discussed completely unrelated to ai many times the amount of art that's actually available online of fine art relative to the amount that like exists in museums and catalog resumes and the the wealth that's out there is very small like the amount of fine art on the internet is not is not high no gallery websites restrict it intentionally so contemporary art's not is the most represented but is not even particularly well represented if you go on matthew marx's website and look up and Truitt, it's like eight things you know it's not you don't have a catalog there um and then for whatever reason i mean maybe on jstor or places like that there's there's more images Mm -hmm. but you can't go and look up Fragonard catalog resume and get all those images. You'll get all the greatest hits and you'll get yeah. some random ones that people have blogged about or posted on Instagram or, or whatever. Um, but there's no good way of finding this wealth of centuries of art and it therefore well, does not use it. You would have to know the exact museum that has the thing that you're looking yeah. for and then dig in their usually poorly assembled websites. Well, and those are not the things that are going to come up on Google or come up when no. an AI searches the internet and says Fragonard. Yeah. You're going to get the f- most famous ones. You're getting swings. And, you know, I've tried this with ChatGPT before because I've messed around with 
that a lot. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not image generating, but just asking it questions about what it knows about artists. And first of all, if they're living, um, it's prohibited from like really commenting too much about it at all. This is like written into its code. I don't even think it's a copyright thing. I think they have a stipulation that they're not the AI is not allowed to speculate about living human beings because defamation liability. I don't think it's really like intellectual property. So there's that. But even dead artists, I mean, it knows what Wikipedia knows, which is not very much unless you're talking about Rembrandt or something. Uh, But I'm surprised the degree of specificity it can get to, but that runs out pretty quickly is what I'm saying. The other thing is the audience for AI and the audience for quote unquote art of whatever kind isn't fine. It's just not. Yeah. Not that many people are interested in that. If you, if you, I've never done this, but I guarantee if you Googled ART, what you're going to get is probably mostly graffiti, probably mostly tattoos, probably graphic design. I don't think you're going to get much. I think you might get girl with the pearl earring. I think you might get like Guernica. That's actually even probably too niche. You get an orange. Yeah, you get IKEA posters, essentially, right? I mean, that's like bathroom art for. Oh yeah, you the get suburbs. this thing that's in every like. This is basically just the Santa Panza slash. Yeah. So AI yeah. is drawing off like bastardized versions of everything to, you know. Oh, you get the Mona Lisa. Yeah, right. You get an AI eyeball. Like already, because it's got every color. Already, <clears throat> you're getting the feedback loop of like things that were generated automatically. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe with paint splatters, right? Like, I mean, I I don't think it takes longer than a year or two for the images that these software are generating to be literally pixelated because they're re-amalgamating other things already. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's going for, like, things that are like, this is art because it's wine cave paintings because that's what most people, at least in America, think is art. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're safe, you know? I think it's fine. Hey, did you hear that the the founder of Sycamore Jenkins got stabbed to death in Rio up. de Janeiro? I was, yeah, speaking of murders, only murders in the gallery because Brent got shanked. <laughs> only murders in the gallery title of that. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh? It seems very mysterious. It's very weird. Um well, I mean, it's Rio, man. I'm sure he lived in a nice neighborhood, but I bet it was just a like home invasion. That's what it seems like. You're telling me an old gay man was home invaded, and it wasn't an uh, hookup gone wrong. I mean, maybe, but I mean, the fact that it's in Brazil alone leads me to believe this will never be solved. Oh no, 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 no! There's no chance of it. It's just very bizarre. I mean, it's honestly, it's really sad. Like, this guy wasn't even really part of Sick. I mean, his name was in it. Yeah. But by all accounts, he was, like, stepping away from it. All their directors and stuff have taken it over. He's not really, like, a part of it. The whole reason he can live in Brazil at all is that he doesn't need to live in New York. Like, yeah. You know, I I get that it's wintertime. He's snowbirding for rich people, but, you know, you roll the dice down South America way. I don't think. It's still re. I mean,. Brazil's fine. I mean, you know, but it's a little odd. I don't know. I Like, no one knows. They're like, I don't know. The assistants found him. Yeah. And I'm like, huh? What? Well, it's very weird to me that they released the information that he was stabbed to death. Like, it, yeah. it, it, why would you not leak? Not leak. But why, you know, if forced to report on the death of someone prominent like that uh, under violent and mysterious circumstances why wouldn't you just say died suddenly or something more cryptic i mean you'd get the rumor mill swirling Mm. and of course art world people would find out but to straight up announce that he was stabbed to death and then be like we don't know because if you say found dead yeah it's like mm. yeah i guess like some whatever minimal standard of journalistic integrity is left requires that you can't just say it'd be on page six Eventually, because yeah. art world loves gossip, so it'd be like, "Oh, did you hear about Brent? Oh, yeah, he's dead. What happened? Oh, stabbed multiple times. Oh, shit, really?" And then three minutes later, yeah, I don't know. I just really wonder what that's about. I think it's a trick that didn't quite go to plan. You think he was hooking it up? 
Really? Found found a young you know I didn't a younger even think man. of that. Maybe it was like mm, I'll like, offer you money or didn't mm. do that, and then was just like I was like, oh shit, you're really rich. Yeah, you know what? That's yeah. I don't know. You're probably right. You're probably right. Rich, rich again, rich American in Brazil. I mean, I, I, I know that everybody will say, "Oh, it's safe," blah blah blah. But no, it's not. It not, not compared to here. It's safe, Let's be but honest. like, I don't know. I, I'm sure. He well, has, listen, everyone he, sure he has a very secure compound. Yeah. Well, I saw a picture of his apartment because he was interviewed in a magazine about his his like place oh. in Rio, and it looked fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it's locked the fuck down. So I don't that's know. An, I think you'd be surprised. I'm sure it's an, an art dealer's not Jeff Bezos. These people don't have bodyguards. They're not like celebrities. Maybe pr- the building has a doorman. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You don't think? I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I, I I buy your hooker theory. I think that's a pretty good theory. But I uh, my it doesn't it, even have to be a hooker. I I don't even think safety is the right way to put it. I think you can be in danger if you're in like a compromising situation with a stranger in your home, like anywhere. Yeah. The difference is that everyone in America or, you know, 99.9% of people in America have a valid ID or driver's license uh, in some way in Brazil. I guarantee you the number of people that have like solid identification is substantially lower orders of magnitude lower i don't know with a higher population definitely are you kidding me people act like it's like a first world country because it's rio it's not well rio is fancy parts of rio are fancy but parts of rio also are have slums like people in slums are not documented people like, in the same sense that if you went up to a homeless person on the subway and were like, do you have a valid driver's license? And they'd be like, I need money. That's entire neighborhoods. Yeah. I don't think that that doesn't really exist in America at all. So, I don't know. LA. Yeah. I mean, some of those people on Skid Row. I listened. To, oh, my God. I listened to a really fascinating interview with uh, essentially a con man that... uh committed like 55 million dollars worth of bank fraud good for him um he was not a violent criminal so he's really sympathetic because he was just like stealing money through scams oh we love a scammer but it did start to get dark well when he uh was getting caught so he went on the run of course as you do Mm, yeah and uh he realized eventually because part of his he was a mortgage broker so part of his scam for a long time was um inventing like virtual people like he figured out that it was not that hard to get a social security number for an adult Hmm. and then he realized of course that like if you had the right paperwork like you could just be that adult and be many adults with different names and get bank accounts and social security numbers so he'd been doing that for a long time but eventually that train kind of ran out and so when he was on the run he realized eventually like i need real ids and social security numbers and information from real people so that when I get pulled over by the cops, it's a real person that comes up in real systems rather than just in the real estate systems where they, they're not really incentivized to check anyway. Mm, that's true. So his scam was he pretended to be like a Red Cross person or some such organization, and he would go around to homeless encampments and say, I'll give you 20 bucks to fill out this survey. And then he would steal homeless people's identity that more or less matched his description Oh, because they were logged in the system, but they didn't have any valid identification. So if they got arrested or whatever, it kind of never really was tracked as opposed to stealing a real person's identity, where if you're in another state and they get a DUI, you're going to get tagged for the DUI, too. Basically, with a homeless person that doesn't carry ID, sure, they get arrested. But like, is that ever really recorded? No. Like, th- there's nothing you can do. So he was stealing the identity of homeless people, you know, to keep his scams going and keep himself uh, covered while he was on the run. Ooh, not great. He seemed like a really smart guy, honestly. And he didn't end up doing that much time. Um, He was supposed to get 54 years because, like, a ton of people affiliated with him turned state witness on him. Well, um, But then he turned state witness on a bunch of other people, and his sentence got reduced as those people got caught oh so i think he only ended up doing like a like 10 years or something 
I mean, yeah, if if you're doing that, there's no way that other people aren't kind of noticing and going, well, I'm getting paid. Well, his whole his whole thing was like, at first I thought, like, this is the Sopranos or, like, this is Goodfellas and everybody's going to, like, live up to some kind of omerta and not flip. And L-O-L. His whole read on humanity at the end of the day was like, Everybody flips. That's just the way it works. Like, if you're going to be a criminal, you have to accept that everyone's going to tell on you and you're going to tell on everybody else. Like, everyone knows this. Don't be silly. Nobody goes down and just stoically, like, takes it in silence. Unless you're actually in the mafia. Yeah. Or then well, no, get... and they, they don't even do that. Well, they'll just kill you. They'll, they'll talk a big game about doing that. But yeah. when you're up against 100 years in prison. Or you die anyway in prison. Yeah, yeah. The, no, nobody's going to do it. Nobody yeah. does it. Effectively, no one does that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. Scams, murders. Wow. Yeah, so that's a hot tip. If you're ever on the run, just steal a homeless person's identity, but make sure they match your height, uh, race, and weight, essentially. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. At one point, he almost got caught by the Secret Service because they brought him in for questioning when he was under one of these fake identities. And they were letting him go. He'd essentially gotten away with this scam once again. And when he was in the parking lot, they had to run his ID again for some reason. And it came back as being 5'11", and this guy's a short king. Oh. And he just turned around when they questioned him about his height and were like, well, guys, with good shoes on? And they all had a good laugh and let him go. So don't get yourself into a situation like that unless you're charming enough to get out of it. Yeah. Charm has a lot of, you can get, you can go far. No, I, yeah, with a, I mean, with a wink and a I charming think this smile. guy got by on charm completely. Oof. That's why like, this is why like insurance brokers, sales people like, you know, wall, wall street dudes, they're all charming enough. Oh yeah. To other people that they want money from. Yeah. To regular people, trash humans. Obviously. Um, that's why we have Murray Hill. We keep them in one neighborhood. Or Williamsburg, I guess, now. But, you know. Yeah, just let them all fucking suck each other, and they cause less trouble that way. Yeah. If you let them out into the broader world. Oh, no. You know, and the lumpen proletariat gets conned by, you know, a Wall Street Bets guy. Oof. By Stratton Oakmont. Who? That's not a real name. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Um then yeah, they kind of they kind of deserve it. Yeah, yeah. To quote Leo from that from that movie, I figured their money was better off in my pocket. I knew how to spend it. That's what they think. Right? That is what they think. That is that is that is what uh, anybody with money that got it in a gray area believes. This is why we give them two days out a year: St. Patrick's Day and SantaCon. No other days. Oh my God! I was that's on th- their day to go downtown. I was on the train during SantaCon this year, and so there were sorry. there were guys drinking Natty Lights like on the subway and singing Nickelback really loud. It was actually really funny. At the end of the day, they speaking of charisma, they kind of won the subway car over. They were being drunk and obnoxious, but when you know when that kind of ran its course, and then they got awkwardly silent because everyone was staring at them, and the one drunkest guy broke into Nickelback like really loud. The whole car cracked up. I mean, it was hilarious. And you're like, you know what? The drunkest guy is the most charming. We're back on your side, you know? The other ones, pussies. All of them. 100%. The drunkest guy, he closes every deal, every time. Because he's also drinking all of his clients under the table, and they will sign anything because they feel like they told him about, like, that time that they murdered someone that had to, you know, hide the body, you know? Exactly. So they're like, oh, we love him. He has our secrets. And he's like, I was blacked the fuck out. I have no idea what you're talking about, but thanks. Oh, man. So this scammer podcast that I was listening to, the guy's name's Matthew Cox, by the way, if anybody wants to look into this. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. He has a YouTube channel, too. Um, he spoke very little about his like family background. But it's clear when somebody gets into a situation like that where you're on the run for years and you're, you're, you probably have not such a great family life if you're no, like scamming yeah. people kind of from the jump. Yeah. So first of all, he, his initial ambition was to be an artist. He went and got a BFA mm-hmm. and his his dad, who was an all-state insurance salesman, was That's very disappointed in him. That's where he gets it from. S- exactly. Okay. So more about his father, when his BFA thing kind of ran its course and failed and he started running mortgage scams in Florida before the financial crisis. This is like straight out of the big short. I mean, yeah. that's what was going on. 
Um, his father was so proud of him for like being good, quote unquote, good at real estate. But guess what? Later in the episode, it comes out that his dad at Allstate was a serious raging alcoholic, but he did close every single deal. So Allstate would periodically send him to rehab and be like, you need to clean up for 30 days and we won't fire you. And they did this multiple times because he made so much money for them yeah, and he was making him. so much money from them yeah. that neither party was really incentivized to like cut the cord. Yeah, because insurance companies are the biggest scam yeah. of all. And they were like, if this guy can just like cold call people and make like us ten grand the pants a month yeah. or whatever, he's worth it. Yeah. So we'll send him to like Palm Beach or whatever and get him. He'll do up. he'll play golf and sneak yeah. a beer on the back nine. Exactly. As long as he passes the test on day thirty one. We're good. We're back yeah. in action. Uh huh. Yeah. Very revealing, yeah. It's Teddy's little vacation every year. And it turned out this guy, Matthew Cox, the son, he only ended up getting caught when uh, he ended up in a thruple and the third in the couple discovered his real identity and turned him into the FBI. So Trina, Trina sold him out. Okay, the yellow like power that. ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's a stripper name if I've ever heard one. So like if she did yellow power ranger stripper, like came out with a helmet, but with a pony shooting out of the back and then was whipping it around. Ooh. And then you get like, instead of like taking off a top, it's lifting the little black visor and then up and down. You oh, nerds no. just cranking it. Wow. In the audience. Yeah. I might have to rule 34 that later. I didn't know this podcast was going to go there. Okay. Um, That's something I didn't know I was interested in. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> but speaking of thruples, did you see that New York Magazine has a, a thing? Their cover story or whatever is like polyamory. How, no. how to poly. And I was like, I hate everything, but basically, one I feel of, like they're a couple of years late on this. To be totally well, honest, the main one of the main things is like how Park Slope basically gentrified polyamory. It's no longer for queer tenderfolk or whatever the fuck. Oh, okay. It's now for like rich white women. Yeah. To be like, hey, I need to feel alive. I hate my kids. I hate my husband. What's going to get us to talk? And right. I get my jollies off with the twenty-six-year-old. Yes. And I'm like. Wait, you know, I think I might have seen a snippet from this story getting passed around on the internet. I read the whole thing because I was like, I hate everybody. Is there a story in it about one of these, uh, you know, housewives that agrees with her husband that she's allowed to step out for a night? She does it and then panic texts him after the act and says, like, he has nothing on you as a lover. Like, I, I just want to come home. I just want to come back. And then it turns out she actually texted the guy she just hooked up with. <gasps> no. This was know. in an article about polyamory well, recently The reason, well. the, I think, probably from the same And magazine. all of the comments were like, how is this better than cheating at this point? Like, can we all just, what are we doing here? I you mean, know? the main reason why it was called gentrifying, because it was like, this person did this and was like, well, now I get to write my memoir about it. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Wow, I'm I'm becoming a polyamory influencer. It is truly over for that community. I feel bad for the for the like authentic uh polyamors. Sure, that's a word. Because uh, you know, it it is true. It's yeah, I You leave a white woman alone for a decade, she's going to need to find something to write a memoir about and and hey, that's as good a thing as any, right? It'll it's either that or become an art historian, but you missed that boat back when you were 24. Well, you had to pop out a kid. Yeah. Mm. That's dark. That's why you don't go to Murray Hill <laughs> at night, kids. Nope. You're going to end up in Park Slope. You hating. think Rio de Janeiro is unsafe? Yeah. You're going to end up You're gonna end up at in Park ment- Slope with 2.8 kids and polyamorous at 42. Not ment- a good situation. Your three-floor brownstone, just a war zone of psychic damage. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't even go to the third floor anymore because that's where, that's where he all the, sleeps. That's where all the ghosts are, yeah. You, you've had enough, you know. Suela burns your sheets every time. That's right. Ugh. I, I don't know. I just was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? No, that's funny. I like that. I like that in 2024, that's what the New Yorker is focused on. You know? New York Magazine, not the New Yorker. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. The thing that people don't read in airports. I did. They're focused on the critical issues. I did. I mean, oh, I went to Ohio. We have to go over airport joy because let me tell you about again LaGuardia. Love it. But 
I forget that you can peruse a lovely like magazine rack because how often when when have you seen a, a physical magazine? Oh, it's very rare these no. days. I th- I think the last time I saw one was at the dentist's office and they were all about two and a half years old. They were like about COVID. That sounds right. I you mean, know, Cosmopolitan with like masked up Emma Stone on the cover. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh I mean, I only see one because sometimes my nicotine comes from a place that has a billion magazines in Soho. And I'm like, oh, they still make these, huh? Um, Just a wonderful joy to look at how sad, like, cover stories are. I'm like, are these the same magazines from the last time I was in airport? Like, there's no, like... No, they do all look the same. I was like, why is Michelle Obama on a... Another workout cover. Dude, or, I was just like about to say. magazine. And the like, most recent time I saw a magazine, I was in a line at Whole Foods in Columbus Circle, and I saw Michelle Obama on the cover of something, and I was like, why is Michelle Obama on the cover of anything at this point? Because the people who buy magazines Nothing. are the people who are like, oh, she's great. I love her arms. Again, back to the AI feedback loop. It's like well, no, nothing at all has changed since 2012. Mm-mm. I mean, at least in the media scape, right? Yeah. Like, things have actually changed, but the wool being pulled over the eyes has remained the same. And I think this causes friction for people. I know it causes friction for me. When I see Big Mike on the cover of something, I go... Who the fuck is Big Mike? (laughs) I don't think we need to get into that. I'll let let our listeners uh, look that up. But, you know, so there's Big Mike on the same cover that she's been on forever. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) And I go, why? I go, why? What is going on? This is not a person that anybody should be thinking about anymore. Do you see Barbara Bush on the cover of things? Like, think Parade magazine. That think comes back in a... to your childhood in 1999, right? Bill Clinton's the president. Yep. He's getting sucked off. He's putting cigars in vajayjays. You know, are we looking at uh, Nancy Reagan on the cover of... Ma- That's the equivalent. It would be as if... At the turn of but the millennia. Like, yes, they're like on Time Magazine. I'm sure that she was like, you know, I don't Nancy think at home. So. I don't think so. The throat goat at home, you know? Oh, geez. Well, at least there's nothing new about, uh, you know, lasciviousness amongst our elites. That's been around for her. Okay. You know. That's yeah. as old as Napoleon. Older. Oh, definitely. Come on. Yeah. Oldest profession in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First lady. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, it's weird. It's weird. It's like, okay, a lot of time has elapsed, and magazine covers, they don't change. They don't change at all. It's the same people. It's the same headlines. Yes. 17 sex tips for teens, and it's yeah. Selena Gomez, but now she's puffy, and you're like, how did she get puffy? But why is she still there? Yeah, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, it doesn't no. make any sense. It, it's all frozen in time. It really like, is. It's very strange. Uh, and then you go to Ohio, which is even more frozen in time. And then you're like, I just stepped, I just time warped. Yeah. What did you notice that f- made you feel like that? Well, you land in an airport where you're like, that Cinnabon has been there for nigh on 27 years. Yeah. They have a nice pot belly at Cleveland Hopkins Airport. That too I far down. Too far down. So far down. Couldn't do it. Couldn't make the walk. Couldn't spare the calories. Um, well, you're going to get them back if, if you make it. <laughs> You're right, you're That's right. That's your pot of gold at the end of the fat person rainbow. Well, I had to stop at a Brugger's Bagels to s- make sure that... Just to make sure it still tasted like bread and not a bagel. Absolutely, <laughs> and it did. And I was like, this isn't a fucking bagel, I gotta go. Um, but yeah, no, the whole the whole place is like stepping back in time. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I don't get it. You're talking about airports now, or are you talking and about the Cleveland entire city. in general? Yeah, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, do young people live here? I feel like no. No, they do, but they age really quickly. I mean, if if you're talking about young people in the sense of not children or teenagers. Yeah. So if you're talking about people between the age of like 25 and like 40. Yeah. Yes, they do live there. But the thing is, they they rapidly either turn into suburbanite homeowners, oh, right. which good for them for yeah. getting for getting some equity. But that usually means that you have, a, you know, a more or less boring job a more or less boring life you know they exist but they look like 47 year old men by the time they're 30 including the women true 
Yes. Well, they look like trucker bull dykes, but that's something else. Those are 50-year-olds. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, no, they do exist, but, like, you would never encounter them. I mean, you know, the nightlife that you're going to get tapped into where you would meet young people is a tight circle of friends that have known each other from since high school. Right. So you're not right. going to get in with them even if you see them. And then the other people are lonely in their own homes. They're either, uh-huh. like, in their VR glasses, you know hanging out with their friends that way or they don't have any friends i i feel like that's the th- i don't know i think a lot of people I- in suburban america like don't really see hang people? out or yeah. see people much they see their family and that's all they do oh and they have a certain like limited circle of friends or they just work a lot like i i know i know personally a couple of like men in this demographic who are our age living in ohio and like they I'm not talking about my close friends either. They're cool. I'm talking about acquaintances that I know. They they seem to mostly like work two or three part-time relatively low-paying jobs that equal a shit ton of money if you have no life and you work 80 hours a week. Oh, okay. And it's not like it's necessarily like hard work. It's just that fills in the gaps of like having any appreciation for culture or having any appreciation for a social life. It's like, no, I go to my family events that happen 50 times a week because I'm Ukrainian or Italian and there's a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, I just work. And then when there's not those two things to do, I sit at home and stare at screen. Yeah. That's what most people do. That's what most Americans like live their life. Like, huh? You know, I don't get it. And that's why AI art looks like a rainbow butterfly or whatever. Because I th- guess. That, that's a, about the most attractive thing that someone in that position can like conceptualize. And appreciate, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the museum was packed on Sunday. Well, that's good. But people are, it was just like, well, let's take the kids. It's brick outside. Let's go to the museum. Yeah, yeah. but I'm, you know. I can't really begrudge that. It's an, it's a nice museum. Why not? Take there are the lots kids. of first day dates there too happening, and I was like, Sunday, the Lord's Day, and you're trying to get it in. Well, you got to imagine. Just internalize for a second, like <clears throat> the landscape I just described oh, yeah, of like true, yeah. of like thirty something men at least. I can't really speak to women in this environment, but it, how many first date places really are there? Applebee's on a cloudy day. I mean, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Yeah. But that's not very creative. Right. You know, that's the New York equivalent of being like, you want to meet up at Marco's? It's like, sure. Yeah. You're just trying to slam if you're taking (laughs) her to Applebee's. But like they get that, too. Right. At least wine and dine a little bit. It's like we can go to the museum and, uh, you know, then we can go to. I know this chill little spot up the hill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you have too many drinks, and it's a long drive home, and you score your third Dewey. Party plates, baby. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's what happens. That's what it's like there. Uh, I, yeah, I was like, Oof, I don't like it. I just, I don't know. I think three days is too many days. Day three, I was a little like, I gotta go. There's nothing left. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's... I mean this in the gentlest possible way because I have a soft spot in my heart for my old my old hometown, but it, it's just it's it's a little vapid. It's hard to yeah. There's not a lot of meat there to like entertain yourself, no, or satiate yourself. It's just sort of and when it's so cold, people literally are like, "I'm not going outside." Like I saw people like gathering things at the grocery store for the weekend because it was going to be cold. Like they were not leaving their homes. No, right, exactly. You and I'm like, what? You all drive everywhere, so who the fuck cares? You're yeah. not walking. No, I know, but where is there to go? You know what I mean? Part part of the enjoyment of living in like a large city is that, yeah, you can walk around. I mean, even when it's cold. That, you know, yeah. it sort of sucks, but that's part of the charm, you know? You, you hear something, you see something, it's like all a little bit different all the time. But you're not going to walk anywhere. Not, I don't know. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. What are you going to do? Yeah, I guess nowhere. You know, and it's like a restaurant in the flats that serves grilled cheese and a restaurant on Coventry that serves bigger grilled cheese. It's really, like, not that attractive to go out of your way for that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's somebody's birthday or unless there's a special occasion. Right. I mean, again, I think life is just more family-oriented, which it, it, it overall is a good thing. 
Um, but the fact that there's not social and family at the same time, I mean, that's what's been hollowed out at the core of America. In the cities, you don't get to be around your family, and mm-hmm. that sucks. Unless you're from the East Coast and you just go north. Or well, south good for, for like, those. You know, good for <clears throat> all of the townies from here. Yeah, you know that's true. Kind of townies everywhere, but yeah. I think it's very hard to have a social life and like a family life and private time almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a because it's no, it, no. There's no sense of community. There's no sense of community in the suburbs, and there's no sense of community here. Well, this really is the either. recurring conversation about the loss of the third place. Yeah, you know, because there's not even like. A, a light pub we don't have like british no, culture no, like no, that no. you know because americans don't know how to just be like i'll have two and go home no absolutely not no americans have four or five and say hey, i'm good to drive <laughs> i was gonna say we have six and go i think i'm good i think i leveled out i yeah, think i'm yeah. cool yeah it's you not know. great not good very bad yeah, or you, you smoke some loud, and you're like, okay, I got the levels right. And then your foot goes a little too far through the wrong pedal. Boom, grandma's dead. You know, <laughs> like, that, that, that's what happens. That's what happens to people. Oh, wow. Okay. But no, it's true. It's the loss of the third place. I mean, this is what sends people uh, into, like, the QAnon verse or, or whatever. Yeah, the third place is their... Well, it's like neurotic message boards. Exactly. You're like, you're like, oh, uh, no, believing in God is stupid. And I have no interest in like reading uh, any passages from scripture. But Donald Trump is the eternal president and he's definitely going to execute Hillary Clinton any day now, according to my anonymous contact on 4chan. Right. I mean, how different is that Mm. than like reading Ezekiel? It's not really. You're just you're you're just filling that void with something but, else. You know, yeah. No, I mean you're just replacing like your mythology uh, with something like technological and conspiratorial instead of uh, theological and like aspirational. Well, <clears throat> without the third place, you don't like the, if the third place is a place where you can be anonymous. You, you know, you can you don't have to worry about showing your face when you say some crazy shit. If you say True. some crazy shit at the bar, you're you're cut off for like a week, and then they'll be like, "You can come back." Well, it depends what kind of crazy shit, and it depends, you know, yeah, who, who, who the proprietor of that establishment is. I mean, there's certain bars you can't walk into with a mask on, or they're going to kick you out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's certain other bars that if you start start talking about how Hillary Clinton's a clone who takes adrenochrome, you know, you're also going to get rushed out the door. But those are the battle lines. It used to be like, oh, you're you're a Lutheran? Get the fuck out well, of here. <clears throat> yeah. But you know? I I don't know. I also think, I don't know. I think people are generally more well-behaved when it's their legitimate reputation on the line. 100%. So they can be more social and everything's a little bit more tempered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just your virtual identity that's right. at stake and the and the battle lines that have been drawn for you by the internet. Yeah. You know, giving you preconceived notions about who other people are. No, yeah, exactly. You know, things things with millennia of tradition behind them whether rational or not uh carry some, you know, genuine soul and weight. Yeah. And there's something at stake if you lie in the third place. Yeah, it's bad. Or if, uh, unless you're like having a goof, you know, you hear some really fun stories from some really great bullshitters. What? What are you like a Catholic priest listening to confession? No, I mean, like, they like to lie in the third place all the time with little boys. Well, you can, yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> um, no, like you know, there's always like one person at the the local yeah. who who has some stories, and you're like. No, you did not, like, you weren't the driver of the car that JFK got assassinated right, in. Right. It's like, come on, what what do, what do you really mean here? No, it was, that's me, look at the photo. No, I, I, I don't mean, know why he's Bill Cosby. <laughs> Another <laughs> questionable individual. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, that's a thing that we've lost, too, is that, you know, when when everyone's hostile towards each other and feels that the stakes are really high... Um, you don't get to have, you know, the the town nut anymore. Yeah, the jolly bullshit. People that were just like liars, but everybody just kind of hand waved it. Yeah. You know, 
We need to bring that back. I think yes. I think that's fine. I think there's two in a weird way because you know because the the political battle lines are so strong. Everybody's kind of Calvinist. They're like very fatal about people's intentions. And it's like this is what cancellation is all about, right? It's like you said the wrong thing. Like you should be an outcast from society. Like we're turning you away from the village. But what really needs to happen is like people need to be genuinely more um, jovial and accepting. And it's like okay you're a liar and a provocateur but you're just kind of a nut lol you know just be a little bit more lighthearted about it the stakes aren't so high usually usually the town nut has some problems you know and part of, of letting them be a liar in the third place is just that that's how they that's how they alleviate that's how they cope they let, let them have them. that yeah, you know that's fine they're not at least if they're doing that, they're probably not buying three hundred rounds of ammunition. Right, exactly exactly. If you don't let them if you don't let them come around and bullshit you sometimes they're, they're gonna get banished and then they go crazy. They're gonna start collecting real dolls and AR fifteens. And we don't like that, do we? I mean I like that. But most people don't. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Uh I'm gonna go with no on that one. Um yeah. Yeah, let people let people spin a yarn in public. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, I think what have we been doing for an hour? I'm not really sure. We made up lies about a dead man. That's true. Yeah. Dubious speculation, I would I would call it. Uh parody, parody, parody. 